0: It was a space used for cutting meat, and now it's a space for cutting hair. The former butchery of yesteryear is now the Taniatua Hair Saloon, run by Toikairako Eti.
1: Put a new floor in, because it was a sloping concrete floor that you can, you know, wash all the... Blood and guts out, I guess. Hey, that's what they do in butchers. So um, we had to put a new floor in because putting a barber chair on a sloping concrete floor sort of... I might give you a crooked (laughs) cut. (laughs)
0: It was all hands on deck when the Taneatua Gallery was set up two years ago. Since that time, it has hosted international and local artists.
2: This whole place was all uh, windows, everything was smashed up, the walls. You know, the little two-legged rats walk in there and then they start doing graffitis and... The graffiti so, stuff. So, in fact, the, the, the grass was taller than me that's not hard and, uh, <laughs> and rubbish all over the place and uh, so I look at it and he said to me what do you reckon? When do you think we can start? We can start right now.
0: And after years of living in Tekuiti Cornery and his wife returned home and now own the Taniatua fuel stop.
3: Yep, my partner's from here we've spent most of our time in Tekuiti which is in the king country um, we were there for about 10 years and Three years ago, my partner wanted to move back, so here we are.
0: In this series, Te Ahika hears from the locals of small communities in rural Aotearoa. We visit the gateway to Tūhoe, also known as Taniatua. mai <laughs> ki <laughs> mai Justine This is Te Ahika on RNZ National. Welcome to Taniyatwa. It's a simple sign that greets you when you drive into the small township. A few metres down the road on the right hand side, if you're traveling from Fakatani, is the living building Takura Fare. And then you'll come across a set of shops. Outside the hokohoko on the corner, that's the second hand clothing store, is the mural of the Kuya Huki Terika Hekirangi by artist Owen Dippy in collaboration with Tame Eti. I asked Tame Ete about the makeup of the town. So, tell me, what's the population of Tame Could
2: be about 800, 900. Yeah. In population wise, a um, uh, bit smaller than uh, Ruatoku. Okay, you've got the credit union here who's uh, up for sale. I think my, my niece is thinking about buying it because she just bought the house at the back of that. here at your police station. Well, my cousin is job for one of the cousins. He's a pirihimana over there. Nice guy. He's not your typical pirihimana around the mutu, but this is uh, the now. So he's a really good guy. So we need that kind of, that, that kind of um, attitude of, of people within our community. So we don 't want the Kobo type and they' don't <laughs> <laughs> They don 't support that okay, we got some um uh, people from uh, Cambodia, I think I understand and, but uh, they bought this place called the cave, and, uh, it 's the bak house more more and uh, this is the bake house and finally your the of the fuel stop here um there's a young couple here uh, decided to return home and so they um they they now run and operate this um, this garage, you know. And I think most of the garage they make their money through selling all the other products. You know, say they got eighteen-dollar sort of kind of in here. I come here, I uh, save me going diving. I don't have to. I just come and dive in the garage for uh, a of kinna And yes,
0: sure enough, there's a sign outside the Taneatua fuel stop that says kinner's for eighteen dollars. Kornui and his family moved back to the area from Te Kuiti and bought the business, adding to the increasing amount of Māori business owners in the area.
3: Yep, my partner's from here. We've spent most of our time in Te Kuiti, which is in the King Country. Um, we were there for about 10 years and three years ago my partner wanted to move back. So here we are.
0: Yeah. Oh boy! So you, you, you and your partner own the Taneatua fuel stop.
3: Yes, we do. Yeah, yep. yeah. I've spent my most of my time in the meatworks. I've unfortunately no jobs back in um, Taneatua for Katani um, when we wanted to move back. So yeah, we decided to give um, small business to go.
0: Taneatua is slowly becoming a Maori run street in terms of businesses. Would you agree?
3: Um, hopefully, um, yeah, we're starting to expand into. You know, there's a couple of Māori business owners here. So hopefully, we can get a few more. Uh, but it's a start. It's been happening over the last few years with the settlement. Um, yeah.
0: So, um, what's a typical day here at Tani to a fuel stop?
3: Pretty busy in the mornings. Um, Sunday, Mondays are quiet in regards to the three traffic, a lot of trucks going through. Today is quiet, but most of the days, you, yeah, it's like an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> the buildings rumble.
0: Up the road from the fuel stop is Taniatua Gallery. It opened two years ago and features the work of local artists and during the year hosts a range of exhibitions. It's a welcoming space with a kitchen at the rear and out the back there are more art projects that take up space in the backyard. Taneatua the eponymous ancestor was known to be a dog lover so inside the gallery the four spaces are named after Taneatua's dogs.
2: So the idea of the gallery I guess is for we 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 had to try and and create a space that enabled to exhibit work work of local artists and national artists international artists it took us nearly two years to create a reputation. So we, we actually bought The, the first artist we had, it was an international artist, it was uh, Errol Douglas, and uh, he was a co-mart who, uh, from the, uh, the Black Panthers era back in the 60s. So he was our first international artist at the opening of our gallery. In fact, when it was raining, you can, the rain comes straight through the roof and uh, it become an art piece, the rain, the water leaking through I mean, the time that you get is really we booked that till the whole of 2017, and uh, so we, we need a bit of alteration. We need a bit of support at the moment. We're looking at going on the net to invite people that can stay with us for two or three days or longer. Reciprocity
0: is also practiced, whereby visitors or foreigners who need a place to stay can help out with the maintenance of the building. Gardening, customer service, whatever needs to be done. So there's not just this facility. There's actually accommodation. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, we want we want people to have the experience, you know, and uh, to hang out with Tommy here and Gary and we and with boy, of course, and uh, we, we want people to have that kind of. There's no other art Gary that I know of. You can come in, you can spend the night here. You know, they come here and they park there. You know, these are foreigners roaming around the country, but uh, she's been here for a little while, and she's a French woman, parked up her, uh, her, her house van outside. Oh, there. Right. Yeah. So she just helps around? Yeah, the- yeah, yeah, And so she comes around here, and, and so she helps out with the with the rent and...
0: Out the back of the gallery, recycling is part of the process, using resources like pallets to make art
2: yeah, so you can see we you you know like a, look like a construction site, so we just pick all the uh, pallets and from town really look arty and get a color you've got Malcolm Nixon hanging on the wall, so we have to um build a workshop around here for artists coming in here. And uh, that's a trampoline. It's a really nice sort of kind of work. That's a collaboration work, so I've got to go in there and add my little uh, little touch there somewhere in the middle or up in the hills or whatever. <laughs> is but,
0: that a... Um, what's over there? Tell me, is this
2: uh, a... That one's just a storage room. It's oh, yeah. a storage room, but well, we're still trying to create a space uh, where we can bring... So the, the whole idea of the gallery is really... You know, people say, oh... Why well, build a gallery in Tarnia, so Tanya used to be a, a, a happening town back in the 50s and the 60s. I was here during that period of time and uh, then it went through the 80s and the 90s and then all our local gangs, you know, all, all the wannabe uh, gangsters, uh, so they kind of set up and uh, we had the pub over here. A lot of fighting, throwing blocks and hitting each other and not a good sight at all and uh, then we had the embassy house there and uh, next door uh, but um, so for us now in, in the 2000, 2015, 16, 17 we had to do a facelift to the to, to the capital city of the two way nation <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, this is where we are and so um, yeah and, and the community at large has been really good and all the local here farmers are really great and. Um, they 've been really supportive, and they can see the the the, the new transformation in, the, in, our, in, in, in our town and so they 're quite supportive of it.
0: Tommy says the art is there to provoke the narco or pull at the heartstrings. There have been several artists that have exhibited their works since it opened
2: and this part this one here is a, a work i've been working with the um, John Walsh, who's a well 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 known international national artist, uh, doing this particular style is oil painting. So you see a lot of silver my work there. You can see I always have my curry in it. Oh, Korean! Really? Yeah, yes, yes, I'm Korean.
0: Is that your little to- your little tohu? So yeah, every painting. Yeah, he's my little
2: blind dog. He's at home. And then we have got Takete by um, Irene Forbes. Yeah, Irene Forbes, and uh, I, I I really like um. The, the shifting in, in the movement of the weavers, where they're going to in terms of the artwork. In a kite, in our days, you know, I'm a child from the 50s and the 60s, and uh, where you see uh, the, a common sight you see kete, because we had to carry this in in the, uh, working in the marakai, picking potato, maize, uh, tohuka, and you know, sugar cane, all of that. But now it's become an ornament. It's art. So people like just to hang on their walls. So it's a particular style. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's uh, hundreds of... Uh, of uh, I, I also like to promote the, 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 the weavers. There's a really fine line around art and craft. But I think that these are actually art. So they tend to use, in the art world, they use the term craft more kind of not superior, sort of kind of second-hand to art. Uh, this is a John Walsh, this is a typical John Walsh, his style of work, beautiful, and I, I really like that, uh, this particular artwork. And, uh, and there's another one of mine, you can see there, it's on Charles, um, uh, and this one there is called uh, the Rowika, oh, the Gatherers, the Gathering of the People, the multitude.
0: Nothing has happened, the cycle starts again and again. Toi Kairako Itzi moved from Auckland to Taniatua and over a beer he decided to start a small business. When you walk inside Taniatua Hair Saloon up a few small steps the large chiller door is evidence of its former life as the local butchery but the material Furniture and cabinetry used to transform the space have a story of their own.
1: This wood here was actually part of the build at Te Uritau at the kurewhare, the big house. It was just some little scrap bits that were left over, so we grabbed those and recycled those. Uh, This pew is from the Kuterere Church. Uh, These mirrors here are from a gym that closed up in Auckland that my mate ran and was sitting in storage for ages the benches here is mahogany that um another mate of mine had been keeping uh to make a coffee table out of yeah. but he left it outside and it got on wet and dried and wet and yeah. dried and cracked down the middle and he got pissed off and said you well, know you can have it if you want <laughs> and I was like sweet bo, that's us and so we took that
0: so right. you went purposely on the lookout for stuff they just kind of came to you in a the sense they, yeah but
1: you, you put it out to the universe hey, you know and the universe sort of sends it back. You, you sort of go on the hunt, you put it out there, you go, you know, I'm looking for this stuff and then suddenly it's probably that I just started noticing it around. It was there the whole time. Um, but the only things I really sort of, w- which are brand new, were the tiles. The tiles up there and the tiles down there, even though the, these look old, they're not. Um, these chairs, this is the first thing I actually bought, this one I'm sitting I on. I
0: am looking at these chairs in front of us. They are like the old school style chairs. This one here
1: is 110 years old. Real um, vintage piece and actually i styled the whole barber shop after around this chair so this was the first purchase um then i found this one same brand but different models they're um archer barber chairs you know they're totally out of a saloon aren't they they're not
0: yeah they don't go
1: up and down They're um cast iron it's amazing that it's lasted actually because cast iron does break so that's actually 120 years old that one uh and where and- did
0: you get this from I got yes.
1: this one from, on Trade Me, but from a um, a uh, antique shop down in Manotū And that one was from an antique shop in Buturua. They are actually the most expensive things in the shop. This up here was, I said to somebody that walked in, I was like, oh yeah, I'm looking for, I put it out there, that universe thing, I was like, oh, I actually just told everyone, I'm looking for <laughs> um, a taxidermied head or, you know, just to go with the, the uh, saloon theme. Yeah. Uh, or a set of antlers, and then this woman was like, oh, I think I've got some sitting up in my garage. They've been there for like 10 years. And then she came in, and she would actually and she came in, and she mounted it, and, and had painted it, and just gave it to me. How cool is that? Uh, all these photos are this main street from, uh, of this street out here, from Tāne Atua. Yeah. So you actually see that one there on the left is... Um,
0: that one up there? Yeah, is...
1: No, the big one in the middle. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you have a little look closer, it says Billiard Saloon. That's um, actually where... That's that corner here. I actually named this the Tāniātua Hair Saloon because in my head I was thinking of oh, back in the day when we were Ken and I used to rock through and you know there are horses everywhere. There's still horses here. Um, but then I found that photo and the fact that it said Billiard Saloon...
0: So you just drop the billiards, obviously, and just put, on oh no, yeah, Tani yeah. Atua hair. Hair saloon. Hair saloon.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. The whole kaupapa behind it was just about creating another space in Tani Atua, where uh, there's just something different and new and... Um, there's a possibility of people being able to come apply their trade even because it's just a space really even if um, I'm trying to rent the other chairs out at the moment Um, or
0: to budding other budding hair stylists yeah
1: that's right but I'm actually thinking of bringing in a tamako artist as well and him use the space on on a day or two days makes sense Uh, because it's just a space and it's a cool space we're starting to build up uh, the clientele of locals who ask. enjoy being able to come here and yep. get their hair cut in Taniatua. I uh, have some old fellows actually come from Fakatani in here to get their hair cut because they were kids in Taniatua when they used to have a barbershop here. So for them, it's a reminiscence thing. Mm. Uh, and the whole concept of putting the photos up on the wall was about, or well, is about, uh, showing that Taniatua has been through so many phases. You know, we're in a phase now, we've been in a phase for the last decades Mm. where it's been, you know, everyone going off to the cities, all the shops were shut here, um, a bit depressed, basically. But who knows, we can Mm. go into another stage where maybe people start coming back from the cities, back to the Hokainga, Mm. uh, they start setting up their own initiatives, we start building local economy. Hey, that's the dream. Oh, people come in. They rock in, and I go, yeah, jold um, up, introduce myself. I try to keep a fuck of about it. You no, probably my, know my.
0: most people that come in these
1: doors, eh? Oh, you know, actually, it's really good thing for me because I've only been back a year. It's been good to meet people through here. You know, they're coming through, and I get to know them, and and um, so that's actually a really good way to to get the community. So uh, yeah, they come in, and then I'll put the the net thing on them, and the the cape to yeah. get, them, get the hair off their, their clothes. Now, have you always cut hair? No, no, no. I, so... just, I had the idea of doing this first and then found a fella who does two days here. He's been doing it for 30 years. I do mareroa. Uh, and he gave me some tips and I watched lots of YouTube videos. And cool. then I gave a bunch of free haircuts of just getting my muscle memory up and going. And working with different types of heads and hair... And different thicknesses curly, straight, thick, thin, <laughs> um, asymmetrical head shapes. Because there's a bit of illusion work that goes into it because people's heads aren't perfectly symmetrical. Yeah. And you only realize that when you try to make it look symmetrical, <laughs> and it's totally off. So you need to balance things out. You're constantly using the mirror. Um, utilizing the tools. Uh, at the moment, the kids, a lot of the kids, they want high and tight fades, they want to comb over. They want to be boxed up, we box them up at the front, they want a, uh, a line. It, I do so many comb-overs at the moment, and fades. They all
0: want fades. The hair saloon, or barber shop, is not only about the obvious. Toy says it's about practising manakitanga, looking after the kaumatua of the area.
1: A lot of our kaua have... You know, like around the back of their necks, they'll be dry, or, you know, there's a lot of psoriasis on people these days. Um, so,
0: so it's a scalp.
1: It's a scalp thing, and so I'll usually give them a bit of a, a midi-midi, take that time with them. A lot of it's just about time, not feeling like they're getting rushed out of here either. So at the end, I always um, do that and make sure that all the hair's off using a bit of talcum powder and a good brush. You know, because they're not going home to have a shower to get it all, get all that hair out. So I do try to get the hair out, get them walking out, smelling good, feeling like somebody's uh, taken some time with them. So this is the old fridge door too of the actual butcher shop.
0: What's in there? (laughs) Oh, it's just
1: a storage space. Uh Oh, okay. That's the old freezer, refrigeration compressor in there. Uh, so this is, this is the front of the shop, and then if we go back here, this is um, where the Māori Women's Welfare League sort all of the, the oh, clothes yeah. that get donated and come in, and so they sort it out, some need to go off for washing, they iron some, they
0: sort... Them. Next door to the hair saloon is the hokohoko, Hoko, or second-hand, clothing shop. It was boarded up for many years, but today it opens for a few days a week, stocked with clothing and knickknacks.
1: This is actually a jibbed over, this is a jibbed wall because these were rotting, these uh, windows, yeah. and they were had bars up on them as well. So while we did it up next door, we came in here and we emptied it out, we fixed all of the windows and painted it, put these racks up for them on the sides, and now it looks like a shop. So every month a member of their ropu comes in and does a... A window scene. Of course, okay. so, you know, Christmas they had a nativity scene. and But yeah, they come in here and they sell their shop. They do good, actually. People come in here all the time.
0: Toi Kairako Itzi is a television presenter. His role as one of the hosts on Māori Television's programme, Media Take, means that he's filming for 20 weeks out of the year. Today, away from the concrete jungle of Auckland and back at his home turf, he is optimistic about the future of his community.
1: We're looking at initiatives with the hapū, uh, about, uh,
0: starting
1: a hapū, uh, about starting a permaculture block, about growing stuff, about sustainability, that's the buzz we're trying to be on here, is uh, if we can secure our own uh, energy, water and food sources, if we can provide good, healthy accommodation, uh, if we can uh, build a local economy and shift people's mindsets from having to have the latest model or whatever it is to actually just living a healthy, good life, a simpler life where you're not stressed out and maybe you get to create a little bit more artwork or spend more time with your whanau and just be a little bit more at peace rather than running around like a, a rat in a, in a cage, um, then... That's where I feel like we... is an option. We need to at least try to provide that option for people, eh? that there is that option, that we're heading that way. I feel as a tribe, not speaking on behalf of the tribe, but I do get the, the feeling that people want that, that as a tribe we are wanting to head that way because stuff 's just a little bit too crazy out there in the cities and it's, you kind of turn around and go, well, am I just a taxpayer? Am I just a... You know, uh, economic unit? Am I just a commodity? Am I just? Oh well, no, tangata The reality is, is that we are all very colonised in our own ways. You know, I'm, I'm so trying to step through that and trying to really uh, not just pay lip service to well, ko te awa, ko This is the first time that I've come back and actually looked at my awa and gone, well, we're just paying lip service to it because there's a lot of pollution going into our awa, and what are we doing about it? But on another level too, I did come back and go, wow, look at the, the contrast between our, our the awa and the monga. I hadn't actually gotten that contrast as to why we perhaps have it in our pepeha. It was just a stage in my life and I looked at my awa and I went, wow, you know, that water is flowing past here, past this point and it's never going to be there again, that water. It's flowing past and it's not stopping 24-7. That water just flows. And, but then I look over and I see my monga and it's more timeless. And that's the contrast. And I go, well, that's life too, isn't it? It all just is.
0: Have you always felt this way? Or have you had a sense of an unravelling, in a sense, since you've moved home?
1: Oh, it's, um, like I said before, you know, a decolonising process. I'm an Auckland old boy, Auckland grammar old boy. You know, I was institutionalised. I went through the institutions that uh, conform your mind to a certain perspective and reality. It is a reality when you're sitting in there. And then, Even um,
0: to have a father such as your father? Yeah,
1: definitely. That was, that was a, a conflicting thing in my life because I was institutionalised. Brought up with my Pākehā mother. Not that she was institutionalised, but I went to a mainstream school, went to edge primary. So you're taught at a very early age about authority, about the right and wrong way to do things. You must line up. You must, you know, sit and have your lunch for 20 minutes, and you're not allowed to run around. And very, you're you're, you're taught to follow rules basically, so that you can fit in. I I understand that in a big society, but there was my brother and uh, my father breaking all the rules, ending up on the front page, questioning things. You don't question authority. You do what you're told you don't start to um, pull those curtains aside. Just like those are there in place for a reason so that we can have law and order. And, um, but, of course, you get older, you read, you live your life, and you, um, well, I did anyway. It's, it's been a process and un, an unlayering for, for myself. And while well, I just turned 40 last year and gone through life. And then you turn around and you go, oh.
0: I'm going home. Yeah, and how lucky
1: am I? How lucky am I to have a home to go to? How lucky am I that I, I have that opportunity where I come back here and they're like, oh, boy, Arko. Oh, you're Oh, <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> And back. Um, but how lucky am I that I can come and do that because not everybody can. Not everybody has that option. Most people just have the option of trying to build their own little or wherever that is, or you know maybe their parents have set that up for them, but to come from a, a long lineage of people who have not left an area um, is incredibly special.
3: There comes a time in everyone's life
2: No room for distrust, no room for hate Open up your hearts
0: Quality in life
3: that's hard to
0: I'm mm-hmm.